Welcome to the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. We are going to break down the NBA All-Star Game recap and talk a little hockey and a slight bit of college basketball today on the show. And you can't teach that. Bada boom. Man of the people in the room. G Money Grant Mitchell, how you doing? Doing all right, Tanner. Doing all right. I was hoping for more entertainment over the weekend. Uh, the, the NBA All-Star Game is just a bit of a joke now. Like it, It's literally a race to who's going to score 200 points. So I was hoping for more entertainment. Didn't get it. But it wasn't a bad weekend overall. I enjoyed some of the All-Star festivities. There were some good college hoops. It wasn't a terrible weekend. Well, literally out of all the major sports, and I don't want to speak for hockey because I don't really watch the NHL All-Star game, but it seems relatively entertaining to me. The only sport that has it right currently is Major League Baseball for their All-Star game. Everything else. I mean, the Pro Bowl games, that's a joke. Like playing flag football is a disgrace to the NFL. Yeah, it's funny that the two most popular sports and most uh, the, the ones with the highest net value, the NFL and the NBA, by far the worst All-Star events. It's not even close. And that's the sad thing about basketball, though, in the sense of like football, I can understand not wanting to play a game. But if you don't want to play a game, don't don't play flag football. I think that should be scrapped right away. But like basketball, these guys don't play till Thursday again, in many cases, Friday for a lot of them. Right. If you you could play a strong game of basketball and have time to recover and like you would think these guys would want to check up the best player on the other side. So I almost think that that's the reason that they need the one-on-one tournament that people have been talking about for years now is because, I mean, the reason that players aren't giving effort in this game, it has nothing to do with being tired. It's because they don't want to get injured. And, you know, I can't understand that because it, and it's 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 almost different from the Pro Bowl too because, like, with the Pro Bowl, I mean, again, players still don't want to get injured. But if they do, they've got an entire offseason ahead of them. With the NBA, you're right back into it in the middle of a – push for the playoffs so I think that the NBA honestly just you know they, they had it competitive the first year they introduced that Elam ending Kyle Lowry was taking charges in the fourth quarter that that was fine fun for one year but they've gotten away from it and at this point like I said it's players just aren't trying so you know I would hate for them to get rid of the game but I think they almost could and do like a one-on-one king of the court style event and the players would try in that I believe that because but the way it works is like you start in half court, you get three dribbles, you can't really go anywhere. Your your risk of injury is extremely low. So I think that maybe that would lead to a more entertaining product. I agree. And we're going to talk about all that right now on the show. Before we get into that, make sure you follow the page, like the video, subscribe to the channel, do it all, guys, share it. Let's take this thing to the moon. We can't do it without you, so make sure you start tapping every single button down in the comment section. Also, check out WSN.com. There is not a lot of NBA this week until the, the tail end of it. We have some college basketball. We have some hockey, but we're still writing on the site, so make sure you check that out as well. Grant, Let's start with probably what was the most interesting part of All-Star Weekend, in my opinion at least, and that was the Sabrina versus Steph three-point contest. I thought that was awesome. I think that's something that they should continue to do. Other than that, though, that first night wasn't the best. So what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the one event that is a good part of the All-Star Weekend is the three-point the three-point shootout. And then this was almost like a bonus a level, a bonus addition to that. And I thought it was the the, the uh, shining event of the night. Sabrina and Steph put on a show. Um, you know, some of the commentary from the guys on TNT wasn't the best. Kenny Smith, cough, cough. 
But Sabrina went out there. I put up 26 points. No man not named Steph Curry was able to score more than that. So she did her thing. Just unfortunate that she was going against the greatest shooter that has ever walked this earth. Steph goes up there, makes it look uh, pretty effortless, um, gets 29 points. But it was really fun. And they were kind of hinting at next year, maybe if Caitlin Clark comes out, then uh, Sabrina said she wants a partner. So maybe she's thinking already it can be her and Caitlin Clark versus Stephen Clay or, or Stephen Dame, something like that. I think that would be the way to grow this thing, you know, maybe even evolve it into like a three on three contest. Um, and it doesn't have to be WNBA versus NBA. You can mix and match them. But I think this is kind of an exciting new format that the NBA should look into. I, I don't want it to just be a one off. The sports books cleaned up, absolutely cleaned up on Steph. Because everyone was on Sabrina, everyone in their right mind. And people thought they had a good chance coming out of that last uh, rack, but Steph definitely dialed in. I thought it was really cool. Um, I thought it was probably the best part of the night because everything else, like the three-point shootout, I think is really cool. The skills challenge was fun. I'll, I'll say that. Like I, I did enjoy watching that. But you just you got a mix of people like not taking things seriously and a mix of people taking it seriously, and that just doesn't mesh in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um and it's it is sad because back in back in like when we were growing up, which wasn't even that long ago, players took this game very seriously. You know, the final score in the game that the all-star game was like 110 to 105. You have players sprinting in the skills challenge, all this stuff. Everybody wanted to win just because of personal pride. Um, I don't know if it's because these guys are playing so much basketball from the time that they're little kids, you know, with the AAU circuits and all that. So maybe they're a little tired of it or maybe they're worried about the criticism they're going to get because social media is everywhere nowadays but like people have just fallen too far into this trap of it's it's cool to not give effort like no it's go give effort and you know this is why i want to give steph such so much um so much praise too he could have easily lost to sabrina and you know i no way would I ever say this, but you would have ignorant people saying, well, Steph just lost to a woman and, you know, the separation of NBA, WNBA. How's that even possible? Steph said, I, I don't care. Like if I go out there and I damage my ego or whatever to you guys, I'm going to take that chance because I know that this is better for the game of basketball. And like I said, of course, I, I, I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about Sabrina. I'm saying there would be people that said that. But Steph said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go take the chance, try to push the game of basketball forward. And I wish that more people would just sort of adopt that mindset because the way things are going, you know, these players not trying is killing All-Star Weekend. Yeah, definitely. Now, Steph's a competitor. That was good to see. Um, the dunk contest, G League All-Star game, officially. Mac McGlung versus Jalen Brown came down to it. Jalen Brown hung in there, but McGlung was definitely better. Score-wise, he hung in there. Yeah, Jalen should not have made the final. I mean, no. that Jacob Toppin between the legs, 360, two-hand dunk, how the hell is that a 46? And then Jalen jumping over five foot three, Kaisen. You had Mac, you had Mac McClung jumping over Shaq and two people stacked on top of each other. Jalen jumped over a five three person sitting down in a folding chair. He barely, barely, I'm pretty sure his knee hit his head. Like he grazed his hair and he dunks it. He finishes the dunk and then afterwards he does the dab. Like Kenny Smith said, that wasn't that wasn't a dab dunk. That was a sneeze after he finished. It had nothing to do with the duck. He'd already landed before he even did this. So yeah, Jalen got second. And I had I had money on Jalen at plus 420 to win. And I was mad he even made it to the final because he did not deserve to be there. And maybe Adam Silver put in the boss call or something like that. Because who really wants to see Mac McClung versus Jacob Toppin in, in the in the final? 
maybe I understand that, but Jalen did not deserve to win. He didn't deserve to make it to the final. It was boring. Dunk contest was not entertaining at all. It's it, they're just don't they don't you see all these like old school dunks that were run on Twitter before from these contests, and these dunks don't even like scratch the surface. And I get it, people don't want to get hurt. Um, but like I also don't really want to see it. it Mac McClung deserves to be there, but I don't want to see the G League all-star game like i want to see the best players in the world competing i want to see guys that are dunking on tnt every single thursday or whatever playing in this game or playing in this contest and it was cool to see jalen brown like credit to him for being in it but like mac mcglung versus jalen brown and mcglung's the heavy favor and he ends up winning it's just not super entertaining to me i agree and i think we have also started to hit the level of or approach the limit of what's humanly possible you know, back when the dunk contest was first starting, like Vince Carter did a windmill. Uh, he did a 360 windmill and, and got a perfect 50. Like if you threw it between your legs, you got a perfect 50. We've seen pretty much everything there is to see. Um, the one that I hadn't seen before was when Mac jumped over somebody, grabbed the ball, let it go, and then caught it again. And, you know, again, I, I hadn't seen that before, but it wasn't the most mind-blowing dunk that I've ever seen. Um, so... I don't know if it's we've hit the limit of what's possible or maybe the creativity isn't there. Like when Aaron Gordon, um, when Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine were going back and forth and they were getting the ma the magic mascot on the Segway involved and the mascot spinning in circles and like that was just creative. And I'd never seen that before. I we I don't know if it's the contestants or whatever, but something's gotta give. This this dunk contest just isn't in a good place right now. No, not nothing really is at a great spot with the NBA all-star game, including the game and Luka Doncic, like you're an embarrassment. You are a legitimate, like that is just disrespecting the game to a point that is absolutely like, the announcers were even like, what is, what is he doing? Like, why is he doing this? Yeah. And earlier in the day, Larry bird had given some speech about, you know, this is a, a premier weekend and I hope everybody takes the game as seriously as it deserves to be taken. And then Luca does that. And when Adam Silver was handing out the trophy afterward, he did not sound happy at all. He was like, you know what? Uh, the East, you, you guys scored more points. Um, here you go. And he just kind of handed them the trophy. And you could tell he was not happy with the level of seriousness the game received. And Adam Silver has been under a lot of criticism because he's tried to make so many changes. I think he has done a pretty good job. But this is something that he needs to figure out. And he's tried different things. You know, we had that. Elam ending the target score in the fourth quarter, which he tried. We had the captains this year. We go back to East first West and most of most of the through it all. He hasn't really found a stable solution yet. No, it was all three pointers. There was absolutely no defense. Do you remember the year with the, the pro bowl? It was literally the, they, they were in pads, but it, it looked like they played touch football. I don't remember what year it was, but there was no blocking. There was no tackling. Then the next year, the commissioner said something and they actually came out and they played pretty physical. I think they're just, there needs to be a, there probably needs to be a, like a, a shift of what this game is. Like if you're coming to this game, you got to play a little defense. If you're coming to this game, you're not hucking up threes the entire night. Yeah. I just don't really know what the way to enforce that is though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's hard, but like if guys aren't going to do it, you, you almost can't even have them at the game. You need them at the game too, because it's the fan experience, but like, don't play the game. Like if that's how you're going to come out and do it, don't play it. Like, Cause it would be really entertaining. If these guys play defense and it would be a little more fun. And like when the East got a double digit lead last night, it's over. Like the game is the game's done. They were a three point underdog too, which is by the way, if you're taking minus minus one fifty in this all-star game, that's wild to me. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I did have the West. Uh, I did have the minus three, but I, I was basically saying the West is the better team. The East is the younger players who might try harder. You know, I, I mean, I didn't I didn't really put any money to, money down. It was just about making the picks for me. Um, I will say, though, what I did really enjoy. I think the Western Conference team might be the best all star team ever assembled. I'm, I'm not sure. I need to go back and look at it. But just think about it. You've got. LeBron, Steph, Durant, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Devin Booker, who's uh, Jokic, Luka, like that is you. I don't know if Cat will. Cat's going to need a lot more team success to make the Hall of Fame. But aside from him, eleven of the twelve players on the team are Hall of Famers. And if Cat can, you know, if Cat can make it to a Finals, I don't know if he has to win. He just got to make it to a Finals. Cat's the greatest shooting big man probably ever. It's him or Dirk, um, and he's got more time to solidify that legacy. So he has a Hall of Fame chance too. So there were potentially twelve Hall of Famers in that photo. And Cat dropped fifty last night. He was great. We just he would have been the MVP if the West won. They just obviously didn't get the job done. Um, I thought Luca was like. He should Luca was the biggest disappointment of the night. Like he only had seven points or whatever. He didn't play well. He was not taking it seriously. Jokic but, didn't care either. No, Jokic didn't care. But Jokic doesn't like basketball. So like you got to factor that in. Like Luca, I don't think Luca really likes basketball that much either, honestly. But like the 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 full court heave basically with 30 seconds to go, and then having the audacity to go in the locker room and tweet two for one analytics was that kind of like, like no wonder at it. Like Adam Silver must have been fuming when he saw that. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. So, but anyways, any other thoughts on the NBA All Star Game before we move into a couple picks for President's Day? No, let me uh, let me keep it on the hardwood though. I'm gonna take it to college basketball, and the Tanner's gonna take it to the ice after that. My alma mater, Virginia Tech, going up against Virginia. This is a rivalry matchup, and you know what? I am a little biased here because, again, this is my school, but I'm going to do the best to remove that bias. These teams played earlier in the year. Um, UVA was able to come out on top of that game. The Hokies, they're just not that good of a basketball team. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of dysfunction. Um, it would it would maybe dysfunction isn't the right word. They just got a lot of shortcomings. That's probably the better way to put it. Um, you know, I could go into detail at it, but it would take quite a while. They're going against the UVA team that is very flawed as well. Um, but that said, UVA does only have six losses on the year because their defense is pretty stellar. You know, if if UVA scores 45 points, they can still win games because of how good they are on defense. One thing that I do want to watch is for Virginia Tech, Lynn Kidd, their center, um, somebody that I think his numbers flatter him. I don't think he's as good as his numbers say. But when he played UVA earlier in the year, he only had two points, two rebounds. For your starting center that's averaging 13 and 7, that's not going to get the job done. He was limited in his minutes that game, but that kind of speaks to the defense that they were throwing at him, his lack of comfort, and also some foul trouble that he got into. It's going to come down to can Lincoln put up points on the interior, and is Sean Padula, the Hokies guard, going to be able to shoot the ball effectively and efficiently? Just over 40% from the season, not the best. He often goes very cold, did not have a good game his last time out. Normally, the Hokies do lose to the Cavaliers in Charlottesville and then beat them in Blacksburg, so that's something to look for here. I would probably say this is a 50-50 game, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Tech won, but I think UVA is the better team, and considering you've got to lay three and a half with the Hokies and the line is moving in their favor, I'd probably fade that, and I'd probably take the Cavaliers at plus three and a half. 
Yeah, Padula was like 37%, I think, last time out against them. He was not good in that game, and he's not the most efficient shooter in the world. But I think Virginia's defense is going to show up in this game. At, at one and a half, maybe I can go toward Virginia Tech. At two and a half, which it was last night, I can see still see it maybe just because, like you said, they always tend to win at home. But at three and a half, I can't I can't lay three and a half points with Virginia Tech going against Virginia. I, just, I simply can't do it. Even if they win the game by four or five and I lose, so be it. Um, but Virginia overall is the better team, and they found ways to win on the road in the ACC this year. So um, definitely going to take Virginia plus the points there. A couple hockey picks to, to wrap up the show here, guys. Uh, President's Day is all about the NHL. The NFL has Thanksgiving. The NBA has Christmas, and now the NFL is trying to take over Christmas too. But the NHL has President's Day, so let's let's talk a little hockey here. Canucks, Canucks money line at the Wild. Wild have four wins in their past five games. I still don't really like betting on home underdogs in the NHL. The Canucks are minus 120, so going to ride with them. One of the most well-rounded teams in the NHL, scoring 3.6 goals per game, allowing just 2.57. The Wild don't even score three goals a game, and they give up over 3.2. So right there, looking towards the Canucks. Vancouver is also a little better on the power play and the penalty kill. And their goaltender, Thatcher Demko, has been good this season. Best record in the NHL, 30-10-1 in the net. And the seventh best save percentage at 918. So I think the Wild are going to struggle a little bit at home. And then we got a nice little juicy puck line here. Leafs minus one and a half, plus 145 at the Blues. I think the Blues are going to get overpowered by the Leafs. Toronto beat the Anaheim Ducks 9-2 in their last games. So they're scoring like crazy right now. If you win 9-2 against anyone, it's impressive in the NHL. And they've scored four-plus goals in four of their past five games. These teams played on February 13th. The Maple Leafs won 4-1. to I think we're going to get a similar result here. Um, Toronto's offense is slightly better and the power play, I think is going to make the biggest difference here. They're converting 28% of the time compared to St. Louis at 17 and a half. So if the blues get into penalty trouble, I think the Leafs are going to strike. And if St. Louis or if the, uh, if Toronto gets into penalty trouble tonight, I don't think, I don't trust St. Louis to score and capitalize on those mistakes. So I'm going to go with the puck line for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, you know, I don't pay attention to hockey Tanner, but it sounds like some good picks to me. We'll see. Hey, that's that's what it's all about. We'll see. Um, it's it's hockey. Anything can happen, but it, it's it's good. We got a lot of day games in hockey. So even if you don't like betting on hockey, turn it on. Maybe you'll enjoy it today. Um, and then you can watch some college basketball later tonight. Virginia, Virginia Tech's on ESPN. So we got some good games today, even though it's a small, small schedule. Yeah, th- there are some good games in the NHL, too. You know, I'm not going to disrespect the fan base over there, but we need the NFL, the NBA, the MLB. We need one of the three back. If we can't have them all, we need one of them at least. I need MLB. You know, it's crazy, too. Like, the NBA, and like, you can bet on the NBA and the NHL every single day of the week, basically. Like, there's always a game on. MLB, every team plays every day. Um, yeah. So, like, there's so we have so much to look forward to, like, betting bulk-wise, but I would rather scrap it all, honestly, for, like, Saturdays and Sundays. Like, I just want football back already. The betting on the MLB is so tricky too, because I mean, we're not even in the season yet and I'm sure we'll talk about it when we get there, but it's just like how many games these teams are playing. Yeah. You're not going to be the same team for 162 games. Like we talk about it with the NBA where star players are load management. They just don't play. Well, the MLB guys are going to play, but it's just how good are they actually going to be? Because you can't be at your best for 162 times. Betting on the MLB destroys you. Like for me, it's like I got to pick one game a day basically and just watch that game. Like I can't have the four going and trying to bet cross functionally and all that. Like I just need one game a day, but I I love major league baseball so i'm very excited about that and we also have college baseball too on the weekends now so that that helps us get through there's a lot to bet on it's just not the pinnacle of betting which is the nfl yeah, not quite but 
That doesn't stop us, Tanner. We are here Monday, Wednesday, Friday, giving out the picks on Ride the Line. And that's going to conclude this episode. So, Tanner, why don't you go ahead and take us on out of here? That was Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We'll see you on Wednesday for another episode.